I see you. Yeah, you. Flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases? A one-size-fits-all, quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red with me, Anthony Harp, and you. Another episode of this podcast that I've been looking forward to. I had a couple of days off, took some time with my wife, and just invested in us. And I think it's something that we need to do. But let's jump off this episode right off the bat with the the basic, the fundamentals. We've got to do it. The follow, download, review. I know if you've been here with me before, you've heard it, you heard it. So put your mind on autopilot if you've already done these things. If not, if this may be your first episode or you've been with us and just, "Mm, I'm going to listen a little bit more, then now's the time. Please, please, please follow us. Follow this podcast. This gives some sort of number to somebody somewhere to to validate us, to put us on lists for people to take notice of. Also, download, download. I know you're like, I don't even need to download. I could just stream it. I'm in my car, bro. I don't need to download it. Downloading, again, does something amazing. It puts it in this I don't know, list, uh, puts it in a grouping where it's most downloaded. So even if you don't have to download it, here's what you can do. Click that download button. And then when you're done downloading, you can just undownload it. I think that's how you say that. Sure. If it's not, then oh well. I'm from Arkansas and you can give me a little bit of grace. My peeps from the South know what I'm talking about. Last but not least, review, review, review. This does not take long. All it takes is one little click. Give me anywhere from one to five. Five <laughs> works really good. Um, and leave a, a short review saying how this has affected you. Hopefully it's been for the better. I hope this has been a place where we're having conversations about things that you're thinking about, that are going through your mind, that are surrounding us in the culture of today. Okay, we're ready to go now. We've got that out of the way. What was it again? Follow download, review. We're good. You've done it. I'm just going to agree with you that you've done it. And if not, uh, that's between you and you. You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I know he asked me to do it, but I didn't do it. But that's okay. Let's move forward. I want to talk to you about a topic today that I think is at the forefront, whether we know it or not, of everything that's going on around us. We live in a crazy time right now. Everybody's trying to figure everything out. Like, if you think about that, that is the basics of life. We spend our life trying to just figure things out. Can you remember, if you're a parent, you know this very uh, dearly, but as children, we were put in a place where we had to figure life out for ourselves. It's the 
do I touch this? Can I go there? Can I get away with this? And as we get older and older, our parents play these um, bumpers, if you will. If you're a bowling fan, you put the bumpers up and you never go in the gutter. It just protects you, prevents you from messing up too bad. But we're trying to figure this life out. And the word I want to center around today is one that I think has been misinterpreted or it's been giving, given a lot more leeway and become the definition for another deeper word. What word am I talking about, right? I know you're asking this question, or maybe you already read uh, the intro or the new or the notes for this, this episode, and you kind of have an idea of where it's going. I'm hoping you didn't, but that's okay. Because the word I'm going to talk about, the title of this episode is more than a feeling. And if you've been here any amount of time, or you're part of our church, or you're in my home, my neighbors laugh at me all the time because there's very few instances where something said that I can't find a song that connects with it. And I recently told a friend of mine that I think this is the song that I probably reference or maybe sing a riff to more often in my ministry than not, because I believe it is connected to a lot of things. A lot of people are stuck in our feelings. So the title of this episode and the song, I just got to get out of my head. I got to get it off my heart is more than a feeling. If you don't know the Boston tune, it's out there. Check it out. 80s rock is my jams. I love it. It's the thing I throw in my car when I'm driving down the road. And this is one that's always stuck with me because I think so many people get stuck in their feelings. Some some people always are thinking this or that, but it's really their feelings. But I'm telling you today, the word we're going to talk about is affection. Affection. Affection is a word that is I believe in our culture today has been become very closely connected with love, love and affection. Now you're thinking, right? Your mind's thinking, but I'm here to say that here, I want to give you the definition of affection first, and then we're going to go on this conversation piece. So affection is this, a feeling of liking and caring for someone or something. There's a, another definition that says a disposition of st- or state of mind or body. So now we find this affection. Affection. Everybody's looking for affection. Where are my dudes at? Huh? Maybe. And I don't know if this is just my house or the men I talk to, but we're all looking for some affection, right? We want a lady that's going to give us our physical touch. I don't know why this is, but us men are wired this way. We want to be touched up on and we're going to touch all up on you. That's our, that's our love language, that touch, that physical touch. If you don't know what I'm referring to, there's a book by the title of uh, the five love languages and it breaks it down into acts of service <clears throat> physical touch. I'm completely blank on the other three right now. Give me some grace today. But the one that stands out to me is physical touch. And most men have this place. And I'm going to tell you, men, 
some of this stems from a brokenness even in us. You know, one of the most thriving industries in our culture today is one that is not very good. Um, many men, most men have experienced it, and it's the pornography industry. It's not good, but it's affected us in some way because if you've ever experienced or used pornography or um, read it, watched it, whatever it may be, you find if we really glare into this, we find a broken sense of what this physical touch is. We've either been associated with what this sex should look like, uh, what the person should look like, how we connect. So we all physical touch may be our love language, but I think we have a broken sense of what that love language really is. It ain't sex. It ain't just love it all up on each other. It is the gentle caress. It's the, the brush of the arm. It's the kiss on the, the back of the neck or the cheek without any expectation of anything other than expressing love in that moment. See, this is the hard part about when we get into affection or feelings or whatever it may be. Because I leave, love is more than a feeling. That's what we've resided it to, put it into, allowed it to become minimized to, is a feeling. So then when we get in our feelings or we get our feelings hurt, our love becomes the collateral damage. It becomes the thing that, well, they don't love me or I don't love them. Or maybe it's even in this statement, I'm not in love with them. See, in love with them is more along the feelings line. I get my feelings hurt. I, I don't like what they've done to me, or I don't like that they don't agree with me. And now I just don't even want to be around them because I'm mad at them. So I'm really not, I'm not in love with you. So then people make this broken statement that I love you, but I'm not in love with you. See, this is the affection part of it. This is that place. So does it seem like we're in a million different places right now? We've talked about pornography. We've talked about Boston and 80s rock. We've talked about affection and love. Let's bring it all in real quick. We've got a lot of things zooming around in our mind right now, but I want to bring it to this point. How do you love and how are you loved? What does that look like to you? How can someone demonstrate or show you love? Many ways we can do it. We could say it. We're all really good at that. Have you ever noticed that? We can say, I love you, but there's communication occurs in two different atmospheres. First, it's verbal. We can do it. But the problem with our verbal communication is the nonverbal communication. If our nonverbal communication does align with our verbal communication, then our verbal communication is crap. It's worthless. It's nothing. So many people in our cultures, in our world, in our families, whatever it may be, in our homes, in our churches, are really good at verbally communicating things and failing miserably at non-verbally communicating them. Because your actions say everything. You can say whatever you want when you're mad. You can look at your spouse and say, I love you. But they're watching your body language, how you say it. 
They're watching when you say, I love you. And then you're rubbing all up on them. And maybe your spouse turns you away and says, I'm not in the mood right now. That moment you get your feelings hurt. You can say, I, I love you. I know I don't need it right now. I love you through gritted teeth. You know what? You didn't mean it. Don't say it. Just keep it to yourself. Because you got your feelings hurt. You didn't get the affection that you wanted. Therefore, your love is realistically not there in that place. So how have we allowed affection? Because we all need to feel loved. This is where it really comes to. We're all in a place in our life where we need to feel something. So this feeling of liking and caring for someone or something, we want to be the object of that affection. We want someone to feel or like or care for us to a place where we feel that affection. This is, I think, the ultimate problem around this. Everybody is looking for affection. So then we're put in a place where when we don't get it where we expect to, when we don't get it from those that should be giving it to us, then we begin to search in other places. I'm blown away by the amount of homes that are broken today and children that are not experiencing affection from their parents. I'm maybe a little bit <clears throat> spoiled in this regard. I was raised in an amazing home with my mom and dad who not only showed affection for me and my brother, showed affection for one another. I was raised in an affectionate home where I saw my mother and my father constantly hugging and kissing. And, and I, I never doubted in my mind, just based off nonverbal, that they didn't love one another. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't get into arguments and fights, but every time I saw them, even after a fight, there was affection toward them. See, this affection or feeling is not love, but it is a reaction to or a response of love. It occurs. There should be affection, but it should not be the limitation of love. Because in a moment where they weren't showing affection, where their arguments uh, were occurring, or maybe there was work being done or whatever it was, I witnessed the love between the two. It really is love when you can fight with somebody and it's done in the right capacity. You can argue and somebody's not being wounded or attacked. It's not to say they got it right all the time. I can remember exchanges between the two where somebody uh, was angry enough that they may have spouted off in a moment. But when you have a healthy relationship, you can have conflict without wounding. You can have conflict without attacking. You can come together and share your different perspectives. And that, as the Bible calls it, that iron sharpening iron is going to get a little sharp. They're going to lose some pieces of yourself. It's going to be some sparks flying. But when you love somebody enough to go in that place and say, you know what? I may not have it right. You may not have it right, but we have to figure this out for both of us to grow together. There's love in that. There's not affection, but there's love in that. 
but I've witnessed in a home with mother and father, a husband and wife. I had a very beautiful display of that in our home of affection, of love, what it looked like the entirety of, but the affection as a response or a reaction, a byproduct of that love. So then in my home today, it's the same way, but I find that not everybody's as affectionate as me. Uh, my daughter, my middle daughter, I love her to death. I'm the one that if I walk in, I'm going to hug you and just tell you I love you. And I expect a certain response back, but she is not that way. She is more like her mother in the regard that sometimes she, the affection is not there. I'm just, you know, you really got to drag her out. But I mean, this is also because she's 13 years old and we all know how 13 year old girls are. Good Lord. With the changes in the hormones and all of that. There's days that I just walk in and I say, I love you. And there is zero expectation in return. And if I get it, I'm all in. But if I don't, okay, she's just 13. My son, not the case. 15, I didn't think I ever experienced that. I can say something to him. I love you. I'm always going to get it. I love you in return. I see you. I see you. Like, it's just that response. And then I got my baby girl and she's still daddy's little girl. So she's always going to respond too. But my middle one, she's a lot like my wife at the moment. And my wife has moments of affection, but she's not overtly affectionate like I am. And that's where we have to realize we are all a product of the environments that we were brought up in. If you didn't witness affectionate household or something along those lines, then you probably don't have that in you. Likewise, if you were in a home where there was zero affection or love, then you probably don't have a template or a model to, to chase after. So this is where many people are broken today is because they never experienced affection. So they never understood what affection was. They never understood love. So now they're walking into adulthood with broken images of what love is or expectations based off something they've never experienced. I want to know what love is. I want to know what love is. I guess we're just going to take a drive down the road with me and my 80s playlist today because that's where we're headed. But so many people want to know what love is. They hear about it, but they've never experienced it. They look back at their childhoods. They look back at maybe relationships they were in and see brokenness and hurt and say, I've never experienced love. I want love. So then where do they find it? Where do they look for it at? They look for it first in where Hollywood tells you to these rom-coms maybe. That's what I want. Or that's where I need to find love. Or maybe we begin to look in beauty. Love's got to be attached to beauty. If I'm going to fall in love with someone, it's got to be a beautiful person. So what have we what have we advertised where beauty lies? Sadly enough, in an ugly industry, in the pornography industry, there's beauty that's promised. Strip clubs, we have promised beauty. It's amazing to me how the most ugliest buildings provide opportunities, and I've put air quotes around that, for people to flock to, to find beauty. How they pack these ugly buildings filled with people looking for beauty. On the vice versa, that as a pastor, I've recently thought about this. How many people are running from the beautiful buildings with steeples that open on Sundays because of the promise of ugliness that lies inside? Hmm. Very 
crazy comparison, but one that's really caused me to think, what are we really searching for? And are people really looking for a perfect example of love or are they resigned to chase after what somebody's promised them, what somebody has told them that love is? Maybe it's something that's linked to this affection, this feeling, the feeling they'd never experienced before, a feeling that was taken from them or held hostage in their life growing up. And now they'll do anything they can to find it. And the first place they find affection, maybe the last place they, they look for it. I found it. I don't need to look anymore. So this is who I am. This is where I need to be. This is the affection I have. And then I've even begun to think about how we profess affection or give affection. This can be equally as broken with everything else around us. I can remember as a young boy having a couple of girls that I was attracted to that I, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things in kindergarten through sixth grade, what really do we know as a eight, nine, 10 year old boy, we just know that we need a boy or we need a girlfriend. So I, I, there was girls that I liked, uh, that I thought were pretty, that did things that I liked. So affection for me to show them, I couldn't just go up and be nice to them because that would change the whole thing, right? People are looking, my buddies are looking, I got to be a boy. I gotta. So the way I showed affection in that space was I was probably bullying her, picking on her, um, maybe laughing at her, giving her a hard time. And it's in that space, the way I communicated affection or the fact that I liked or cared her for her was the fact that I was giving her attention. Now, it wasn't in the attention that she would probably have liked to received. It wasn't in the currency format that she would have liked to have affection. But in my eyes, girl, I like you. That's why I'm chasing you. That's why I'm pulling your hair. That's why uh, I'm poking you. That's why I'm picking on you because I love you. I want to date you. I want to be your eight-year-old uh, husband forever. Yeah, and that limited, broken understanding we had as children. But even as we get older, I can remember in high school, there was even girls that I, I thought were attractive, the girls that I um, probably would have, wouldn't have minded dating, but I picked on them. I don't know why that is. I don't know why we're wired that way, but that's how we do things. Boys are weird and awkward and stinky. And when you get to be older and you look back, you're like, I was an idiot. What was I doing? Some people arrived at this understanding early and realized picking on girls is not the way to do it. But I find now that we're stuck in a place of feelings and emotions and all the things and people who are not receiving a healthy version of affection in the home have not witnessed it in their family. Now they're in a place where they are deprived from affection. And now someone of the opposite sex is maybe attempting to show them a affection, but doing it in a potentially hurtful or bullish way, which is driving them even further from this. And it's in that place. Maybe they find affection for the first time in a different space than most would resign themselves to look looking, or maybe they've just stopped looking, but it's in that place. They find 
a feeling of like and care. And now because affection has been some so closely associated with love, love becomes that place, that moment, that affection. And it begins to change everything around them. Suddenly, our disposition or state of mind or body begins to change based on the affection we now feel. This is a weird space that we're not talking enough about. We live in a world where children are being allowed to determine who they are at a very early age. Man, if I was allowed to determine who I was at a very early age, I would have been a Power Ranger. Uh, I would have been a, a G.I. Joe. Um, I would have been a puppy dog. I would have been a lot of things. I know this could be a, a very controversial conversation today, but I really want us to open our mind and think. I just want to put you in a place where you begin to think about something. Maybe you've said, well, that's just the way it is. And you don't know what you're talking about, Anthony. And why are you even talking about this? I just want you to think. I want to give you a perspective. I want to present another piece of information that you may not have thought about. Because we have gotten to a place where we've just allowed everybody to be stuck in their feelings, lost in an emotion, based off a lack of or a overwhelming supply of affection. And we make decisions not only on how we feel, but it becomes who we are and our response to the world around us. When realistically love is our pursuit, we have been resigned to accept affection as a substitute for a counterfeit model of what true love is. I have to give you the pastor statement. I know some of you like, oh, here comes the preaching, but love is so much deeper than that. See, we've even presented God as someone who only loves those who love him, that only loves those who are capable or worthy of receiving it. And you have to do all this and this to receive it. But see, that's not what love is at all. And that's not what God or who God is at all. God did something very amazing for you and me. And you didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, didn't, aren't worthy. But he said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. The ultimate love was he sent his son to die for you and me. And you're like, mm, yeah, I know. I've heard the story, pastor. I've heard, I've maybe even read the book a little bit, but that Bible, how real can it be? It's just with the writing of some some men and women who wanted uh, to connect us to this big heavenly guy. And you know what? Realistically, I've never seen him, experienced him. And I think it's just a bunch of hogwash. That, that book is, it's an old book. It doesn't really apply to us. Is it even real? You know, I've thought about that a lot. When you When you read the book, it is... A narrative that's littered with a 
a road of broken people. A book that celebrates the lives of people who made mistakes, who puts people of just, oof, with character flaws out the wazoo in places of value. People just like you and me. So I want you to think about this. If you were writing a book and you wanted to convince people that it was true, how would you write it? Would you fill the pages with broken people, people who continually fall short, mess up, and then have them connect with this God who loves them, who created them, much like the parent that we all wanted, that I was blessed to have, that many people are left without today. A parent that constantly challenges you to be better, but the moment you fall, skin your knees, don't get it right, are there to pick you up, dust you off, and say tomorrow will be better. The parent that demonstrates this love through affectionate response when we get it right. A parent who demonstrates this love through loving discipline and correction when we get it wrong. Not just to discipline us and beat us, but to position us so that we don't make the same mistake again. To position us to see the why of falling short. I want to challenge us today. Is the love that you experience from those around you limited to affection? Do you feel unloved because those around you don't give affection? Do you demonstrate affection to those you love? Is that the limitation of your love? Love today is more than a feeling. It is wanting to spend time with the people around you, even when they get on your nerves. It is sharing moments with that person next to you. When there's zero affection being shown, maybe it's a time where they're speaking life into you and challenge or whatever it may be. I want to challenge you today. Ask the question. Have I limited love to affection? Have I limited my definition of love to a feeling? A feeling that can be hurt, a feeling that can be broken, a feeling that changes with the seasons, the time of day. Let's invest in love. The most powerful commandment ever given was first love God with all your heart. Why is that? Because if I'm going to love myself and love my neighbors, as the second commandment says, then I have to know who loves me more than anybody else. And it's in that space where I learn what love is that I realize I am loved. And because I'm loved, I can look in the mirror and love myself. And as a result, I want to love those around me. 
Thank you for spending this time with me today. Thank you for putting yourself in a space that may be uncomfortable for you, a space that you can question what the world looks like around you through the lens, how we arrived in this space. That's what we want to do. I hope that every episode of In the Red can be just that, a place where we begin to think, a place where we can be presented with an alternate perspective and challenged to think, to see, to feel what lies beyond our experiences. Have an amazing day. Step into an amazing week. Surround yourself with people who challenge you. That's been it. Let's roll. Let's go. Me, you, everybody around us. Let's change the world. Let's love the world. But first, we have to know that we are loved. God bless.